All right. Well, this evening we were going to have Pastor Jay teach, but he has fallen a little ill. I think it's a regular sickness. So just keep him in prayer, and we're going to trade him in for another pastor. So we're going to have uh, our assistant pastor, Reggie, is going to teach us in 1 John chapter 5. And then next week we're going to be in Deuteronomy. We're going to pick right back off where we left off, chapter by chapter and verse by verse. So let's just pray for Reg as he comes up and shares uh, the Lord's word with us. Father, we just want to continue to pray that you use these servants, these different men in the fellowship, and we pray specifically for Reggie tonight that you would guide and direct him, that you would empower his word, your word through him, and we just thank you for him and pray that you would continue to bless him in Jesus' name. Amen. So there I was. <laughs> you, you got me back there, sound booth? Good. Okay. Yeah, so there I was. Uh, Mike dared me to do this, but uh, I, I, was be- I was bemoaning my day uh, teaching in high school, and uh, I was thinking about everything I had to get done after my first class. I had a, I have a, an hour break, and I was thinking of all the things I had to do, and I got kicked out of my class, commandeered by a, a guest speaker for something else. And so I was just trying to think how I was going to reorganize my day to get the things that I thought were important, step outside the classroom, and then... My phone, cell phone connects to the cell phone tower and get a text from Mike. Hey, JJ's sick. He might need to get something ready. So it's amazing how quickly the Lord can reprioritize and make you refocus on, oh, yeah, those other things, not so important as, you know, we, we talk about the word, the, the word and the kingdom and sharing the word. And um, my the next hour was spent in the sun. It was an, actually, if you remember this morning, it was actually really nice. And um, I actually spent it out in the sunshine just reading through reading through first john so um blessed to have the opportunity i know it's, it's you know you, you always you can't take for granted that the the opportunities you get to share the word to be in the word um you just got you just got to go with it and just turn it over to the lord um what i'm going to do because we are closing out first john i'm going to hit the wave tops of the first four uh, chapters and then we're going to get right into chapter five um but first, let's just go before the Lord in prayer before we start reading Scripture. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for today, Lord. Uh, we thank you every breath that you give us, Lord, and to help us to be diligent um, with those breaths, to just to be in your word, to seek to be close to you, Lord, and just to, uh, as we're going to read here, be the light that is you, Lord, or rather give you the opportunity to be a light through us, Lord. Um, we thank you for your word, and uh, we just pray for... Uh, soft hearts and and open ears lord in your name we pray amen all right well, one of the things i, I that impress, impress always impresses upon me with john is just his love for the people um he just he he loves uh fellow christians he's always trying to encourage them um trying to regardless of what kind of trials are going through he's always writing to them trying to encourage them and reinforce uh scripture reinforce um Christ's words, God's words, and um, there, there's going to be a theme as we go through um, John, um, John, chapter one. We're going to see this: God is light, right? God is light. God is truth. Uh, anything good is God. And I'm just going to just hit some of the, the, the wave tops. And one it talks about walking in the light. Um, God is light. God is light. We have to be faithful and practice. It talks about. Um, we, while we may be Christians, we have to constantly be on guard and just always be um, making sure we're honoring the Lord in everything we do. And in John 2, it says we should obey the command uh, of, to love. 
we should know God and keep his commands, uh, learn the new command and love others in, in John 2. Um, if you remember, it was referenced in Leviticus 19, 19, 18, do you shall love your neighbors as yourself. And then in John 12 through 14, I just want to read it for you real quick. I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven. You for his namesake, I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write to you, little children, because you have known the Father. I have written to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you. And you have overcome the wicked one. If, you know, verses like that, if that's not a pep talk to you, if that is not a, a, piece, a word of encouragement, I don't know what it is. I, I've been busy with basketball at the high school a lot, and you hear the coaches talking, they have the, the, the visiting team, the home team, you hear the way the different, the different coaches address their, their athletes and stuff like that. This is the kind of pep talk I need in my walk. This is the, the, and the only way we're going to get you know, the Christian pep talk, the, the, the word of God, is by being in the word, having the love of our brothers and sisters and sharing it. So again, just what I love about John, he just love on everybody. And he shows that love by encouraging one another and encouraging them in the word. Um, and, and two, it also talks about um, um, being warned of the enemies of the faith, uh, be aware of the world, be aware of the Antichrist, just all the things that attack us throughout, throughout our day. Um, and... and Second and First John chapter uh, chapter two, it just it constantly was talking about you know the, the different ways the enemy is going to be attacking us. Uh, live like children of God, you know, just having that that faith like like a child, um, just just trusting Him and just giving everything to the Lord. Being confident and ready for His coming, and being righteous and not to sin, that, and that was in um, chapter three. God is light. As Christians abiding in Christ, having that indwelling of the Lord, John writes how the Lord is our light and how we should be a representative of that light. In John 3 and 4, it talks about loving one another, love in in action, love in confidence. And um, 1 John 3, 19-24, go through and read that one real quick. Um, And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is the commandment that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. And, on, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Now he who keeps his commandments abides in him, and he in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he, get, he, whom he has given us. All right, Jesus had to die on the cross so that this Holy Spirit can be with us, with all of us. And that's when we talk about uh, abiding in Christ, you know, just making yourself available, just turning things over to the Lord. Um, and in chapter 4, it talks about loving each other, 
loving one another again and then loving others because God, because God loves you. Love others because God lives in you. I, I think of um, so many times where we, and I, I got more basketball analogies because that's, that's been my life for the last two weeks, but you know, how many times we, you know, we, may, we, we kind of put a lampshade on that light that is the Lord whenever we turn to things of this world, we, when we start to put, prioritize other things of the world that spoil um, you know, our walk. And that's what brings us to First um, John um, chapter 5. So if everybody could please turn with, it, with me there. Um, now I'm going to go ahead and read um, 1 John 5, 1 through 5. Whoever believes that Jesus the Christ is born of God and everyone who lives, loves, and everyone who loves him, who begot also loves him, who is begotten of him, by this we know that we love the children of God. When we love God and keep his commandments, for this love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Um, one, one of the biggest examples I can think about when I think about this is when you're talking about just, you know, our, you know, when we have Christ in us, when we have God in us, it's just our, our faithfulness. And, and the biggest, like, Old Testament example of having faith is Abraham and Sarah. And I'm just going to read from an, an example of that in Hebrews um, 11, 8 through 12. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. How often do we do that? How challenging is that? How, and when was the last time you went out not knowing what the Lord had in store for you? At what risk? Whether it be for your career or your stability, right? That's what, that's what we're talking about with Abraham. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited in the city which has foundations whose builder and maker is God. Foundations whose maker is God. What kind of foundation do we have? What should our foundation be built on? This is the foundation that we should be building our, our, our daily walk in. Therefore, from one man and him, as good as dead, were born as many as the stars, and the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which by, is by the seashore. And you look at Sarah, you know, when we're looking at Abraham and he was looking at how can I do all of this, you know, he's looking at his abilities. And, and when you look at Sarah, when he was, she was told she was supposed to have children and it was looking at her actual physical you know, shortcomings, you know, with what was going on with her. And she just still had the faith that the Lord was going to provide what she, what she wanted. Um, some of the things I, I think I look at parallels with that. And we look at outreaches, our, um, churches, starting churches, ministries, um, regardless of the world standards of the success of those things, it's the faithfulness and obedience that's the victory. And you think about that. I mean, some of us have probably started churches, maybe started ministries, doing a work um, not by their understanding, but what the, you know, what the Lord 
you know, that they feel the Lord speaking into them. And it's that faith is the victory. Just the faith is taking that step of faith and going out and taking that step for the Lord. Having that childlike faith and just trusting in the Lord. Um, you don't, and it also talks about you don't have to live a, a life of defeat. Um, God's desire is for us to live a prosperous and healthiest, victorious life. Um, When you know the word of God, obedience is easy and victory follows. When you know the word of God, you can walk by faith and take hold of everything which Jesus has already provided. And when we talk about victory, we're not, we're not talking about monetary gains. We're not talking about you know success at the at the um, at, at work or success you know at, by by the world standards. We're talking about you know turning away from our sin. We're talking about you know doing things in the, in the Lord's name. Um, a victorious Christian life is. The life that is lived by faith and a moment by moment surrendered to God. Um, the victorious Christian life is rooted and grounded in faith. Um, we have we have victory when we have conquered everything listed in um, John two sixteen. If you go back and look at John two um, two sixteen, oh, I'll pull it up for you right quick. Um, Um, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world. When we have victory of those things, when we can conquer those things, when we can turn those things aside and put the Lord's kingdom, what the Lord has for us, what his plan is for us, that's when we have victory. Um, I'm not trying to do this wealth and prosperity speech up here. I'm just talking about victory for the Lord. Um, and, and, that's what, and that's what counts. Um, I only I, I, you throw my basketball analogy in it because I, I've, like I said, I've been really involved in it. Um, pride, um, those victories uh, we are looking for, in fact, oftentimes overcome. Uh, over, oftentimes, when we are victor- our victories are the world standards, we may have we may have backslidden a bit from the Lord standard. What I mean by that is, when we put our eyes on things of this world, it may cause us to backslide. Um, I, I was thinking we, yesterday, we had I had a basketball game with um, two Christian schools, very and I would call them conservative Christian schools, and um, the fans were just going crazy, and they did not look like a, a Christian school. And so, and I was, I was kind of taken aback by it. And then uh, the ref brought, brought my attention because he knew I was the, you know, the athletic director and somebody that w- would take care of something. He said, "The fans, are, I'm going to start kicking fans out of here if you don't get them to troll." So I was like, "All right." I went up and sat in the stands, put myself right in the middle, and not that anybody knows who I am or cares. But I was sitting there, and um, there was this couple from another team was was cheering and, and hollering at the, the, the refs weren't being very nice. And I looked to my left, as, and then and a couple other fans said something to her, and then I looked, and she sat down. I looked over, and she opened her book and just started reading, and I looked down, and she was doing a Bible study. I was like, yikes. <laughs> and I wasn't condemning her. I mean, I, I, I was up there to start you know, raising Cain and, and giving everybody heck, but um, I, I, inst- I instantly felt condemned, or, or, you know, not condemned, but I felt, um, I felt convicted, you know, e- you know, everybody, you know, e- you know teachers, staff, uh, parents, children alike, everybody was getting riled up, and 
that pride, that, that, that thing of the world has become a priority over what was, you know, what's important to the Lord. And this, I, w- I was tempted to say something because it's this couple that kept on, you know, saying something, but I, I kept looking down at the, bi- you know, she had her book open and she was doing a study and I was like, I think the Lord's going to handle this. And sure enough, she sat down and just, just started focusing on the word. And I was like, you know, maybe a little grace on our part and a little focus on our own walk. Um, the, the Lord handles a, a, a great, covers a great multitude of things, right? So uh, it's just a reminder for me and for us that we just got to, we really got to be focused on what's important to the Lord. Um, believing in the Son and enjoying um, eternal life. Verses 6 through 12 in uh, John 5. I'm going to read 6 through 12. This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who bears witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness on earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he, is, he has testified, by his, testified of his Son. He who believes in the Son of God has a witness in himself. And he who does not believe God has made him a liar. Because he has not believed the testimony that God has given his Son. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. <clears throat> now, water and blood is referred to as uh, the two, two of the three great witnesses or uh, sets of evidences for Christ. Uh, they're symbols. Uh, they look back at the two most char- characteristic and significant acts of his personal history. One being his baptism the other is his cross. Um, why the baptism? The, the baptism um, was the seal of the law. It was the outward sign by which those who repented at his preaching showed their determination to keep the law no, um, no longer in the letter only, but also in spirit. Jesus, too, showed his deter- this determination. Baptim- baptism in water was his outward sign and seal to the Old Testament that he had not come to destroy but to fulfill the law. Not to supersede the prophecies but to claim them. It was to show that in him the righteousness and purification which the law intended was to be a reality and through him to be the law of his kingdom. It's pointed to all the evidence which the Old Testament could possibly afford him. And through the Old Testament it pointed to the dispensation of the Father. When this most symbolic act was complete, the Almighty Giver of the Old Law or Covenant was heard saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And in the blood portion, in the same way, refers to the special work of Christ himself, the work of reconciliation and atonement by his death and passion. The realization of all that the sacrifices and types of the former state of religion had meant, that he was the true sacrifice, was proved by the perfection of his life. 
by the sign and wonders which he had attracted and convinced his followers, by the fulfillment of prophecy, by the marvels of his teaching, by the amazing events which had happened at the different crises of his, his life, by his resurrection and ascension, by the confession of all who knew him, well, that he was the word made flesh, full of grace, truth, and with the glory as the only begotten of the Father. And the Holy Spirit had descended on Jesus at his baptism, had proved him to be the Son of God in every word and act of his life, had raised him up on the third day and glorified his body till it could no longer be seen on earth. He made new men of his disciples on that day of Pentecost and had laid far and wide the foundations of a new kingdom and was daily demonstrating himself in the renewed life in all parts of the world. What greater witness is there, of God, is, is there than God when Jesus was baptized? Um, you know, by, by men's standards, you know, we, we want three witnesses, I think. You know, that, that's the man's standard. But what greater witnesses, witness is there than the Lord? And that's, what, that's who Jesus had when he, was, when he was baptized. And I'll read uh, Matthew um, 3, 16 through 17. I, I think I, I read it when I was just in there. Um, 16 through 17. And when he was baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and aligning upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom... I am well pleased. Again, what more, what better witness do, does Jesus need than God himself? In contrast to the strength of this affirmation, John regards the evidence as so certain that to whomever the truth is brought and rejects it seems is basically saying that God had said was false. Basically, you're rejecting what God has said, you're basically saying what God is saying is false. The skeptical reply that the message did not really come from God at all, it is not John's purpose to consider. His object is to his object is to warn his friends of the real light in which they ought to regard the opponents of the truth. There should be no complacent condoning from the point of view of Christians themselves that such unbelievers were throwing the truth back in God's face. We, we, we shouldn't we shouldn't be rabble rousers, but we also shouldn't accept people. Uh, we shouldn't accept um, falsehoods. We shouldn't sh- accept falsehoods about the Lord. We shouldn't accept falsehoods about you know the miracles that was Jesus' life um, from his birth all the way to his death and resurrection and ascension. We, we shouldn't accept it. And on 12, what kind of life is John talking about there, here? He's talking about the born-again life, the eternal life that is devoid of all the pain and suffering and struggling that we see so much here on this life. And it says reference to 12, when it says, he who, he, who was, he who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son, God does not have life. The life we're talking about and the life we're concerned about is the eternal life, spending eternity with the Lord. And 13 through 21 these things I have written to you, who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God, 
Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. If anyone sees his brother sinning a sin which does not lead to death, he will ask and he will give him life. For those who commit sin not leading to death, there is sin leading to death. I do not say that he should pray about that. All unrighteousness, all unrighteousness is sin, and there is no sin not leading to death. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin, but he who has been born of God keeps himself and the wicked one does not touch him. We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. And we know the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true, and we are him who is true, and his Son, Jesus Christ, this is the true God of eternal life. <clears throat> I'm going to go back and address some of the... Um, it gets kind of kind of confused when it's talking about praying for people who are under sin, who are who are sinning. And I quoted, I'm quoting somebody that's much smarter than I am about this. Um, in Matthew Henry's commentary, he writes, "Upon all of this evidence, it is but the right that we believe on the name of the Son of God. Believers have eternal life in the covenant of the gospel. Then let us thankfully receive the record of Scripture that." always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. The Lord Christ invites us to come to him in all circumstances, with our supplications and requests. Notwithstanding the sin that besets us, our prayers must always be offered in submission to the will of God. In some things, they are speedily answered, in others, they are granted in the best manner, though not as requested. We ought to pray for others as well for ourselves. There are sins that war against the spiritual life in the soul and the life above. We cannot pray that the sins of the, the rude or disrespectful person, he said impotent, but the rude or disrespectful person and unbelieving should, while they are as such, be forgiven them, or that mercy, which supposes the forgiveness of sins, should be granted to them. While they willfully continue such, but we may pray for their repentance, for their being enriched with faith in Christ, thereupon all other saving mercies. We should pray for others as well as ourselves, beseeching the Lord to pardon and recover the fallen, as well as to relieve the tempted and afflicted. And let us be truly thankful that no sin which anyone truly repents is unto death. When we're praying for our leaders, especially those that we don't agree with, you know, what, what's the biggest thing we can pray for? We, we pray for that they seek truth. We pray for their salvation. We pray that they would come to know the Lord. Um, you know, the Lord's not going to forgive their sins if they're not, you know, asking, you know, if they're not seeking repentance, right? So we, we, we pray for them to come to the Lord. Isn't it comforting... Um, Else. In the, these last 
seven or eight uh, verses, there's, there's three points I think John was trying to say. Um, John said, we know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep sinning. Um, we aren't destined to remain stuck in sin because Jesus, the one John says was born of God, protects us. We are protected from the evil one's plans for us by Jesus. This doesn't mean believers aren't immune from trials. Uh, the Bible will have no part of the nonsensical teaching which says that we can be free of sickness or other trials or infirmity of humanity. Uh, what the Bible does guarantee is our ultimate rescue from all such pains and tears. But while here on earth, we most certainly will partake on trials, everyone else does, and more. But John's concern is more of our spiritual condition. The evil one cannot make us sin, um, i.e., the, the devil made me do it. Uh, Jesus protects us. He offers his life as a way to overcome. And Jesus overcomes. The second thing John's trying to point out here is, we know that we are from God, and the whole world lies and the power of the evil one. And by that, and by the time a believer has passed through the John's three tests, they'll know that they are from God. Again, do I believe that, believe in the tree Jesus? Yes, I do. And I, do I obey God? I, yes. And do I love my brother and sister in Christ? Those are the three trials, the three questions John's asking. If yes is the general direction of my life, then can I, um, then can I know I am from God? Here we see what we be- here we see that we belong to God. He sets us apart from the world. It the world says John lies in the power of the evil one. We do not, so we belong to God. And finally, John said, "We know that the Son of God has come and given us understanding." John has told told us life is found in Him. Jesus not only showed us, but not only showed us how, but made way for us to go to God. He explained God to us. The Father is seen by looking at the Son. By knowing Jesus, John said, we know him who is true. We are in him who is true and in his Son, Jesus Christ. And, you know, there's the, the, the parable of the sheepfold that, that brought my attention, that, you know, that I, I love, that does a really good job of does a real good job of illustrating that um, in, in uh, John ten twenty five, uh, Jesus answers them, um, "I told you, you do not believe me. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you do not believe me, because you are not of my sheep, as I said to you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them." To me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. Basically, the way to God is through, for, through Jesus. The reality is, God is the only one that knows. The reality of God can only be known through Jesus. But once you accept Jesus, you can not only know God, but be in God. The relationship is the most profound intimacy, a oneness with God. Um. I'm not leaving out 21. 21 would be it would be that would be a good place to stop, but 21's there, and it's a, it's a really uh, important reminder. Um, you know, little children, keep keep yourselves from idols. Amen. 
Um, and there's a reason for that, all right? It doesn't matter how much you profess to be a Christian. You know, just like I pointed to my, my basketball games, I've been, I've been experiencing a lot recently. A bunch of believers, a house full of believers, um, but, you know, they're, they're falling to a type of idolatry, right? They're, they're, they're worshiping, you know, whether it be their, their children or, or, or something that they've made important that's, you know, making their, you know, their you know, possibly it can help making them backslide, you know, whether it be, uh, uh, or making others backslide when they say, oh, there's this Bible teacher that's all of a sudden going crazy because somebody missed a, missed a foul call or something like that. So we got to keep ourselves from idols, you know, and then we can go, we've gone through a list of idols that, um, you know, we experience in the world, whether it be things that sold to us on media or, or personalities or whatever, but we, we, as believers, we really have to be uh, cautious of, you know, what we're, Value, value, valuing over the Lord. We were just talking about how we need to pray for others, and there's this last reminder that to remember idols and to not take our eyes off the Lord. Um, as we cra- I would wrap up this book uh, in, in uh, the first book of John. Um, Jesus will help us overcome. I think that was like one of the biggest points that, that I, I took out of it. Jesus will help us overcome. Um, we belong to God. You know, he, we are his. And Jesus is the way to God. And that, those are things that we need to remember. You know, follow the Lord. Um, the Lord has us in our hands. And, and um, Jesus will help us overcome. Right, well, we got we have a couple minutes left, so we're just gonna um, as I close this out in prayer, we're just gonna take about five or ten minutes to um, have intercessory prayer. That's we just kind of as as the Lord leads, just um, feel free to um, to pray for one another, pray for those that you you know are in need. Um, just make sure you're doing it loud enough for everybody to hear, and um, so we can just uh, all go forward in agreement. So let's pray, uh, dear Heavenly Father. We just said we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for your Son, Lord. Uh, we're reminded that He is the gateway to you, Lord. And so uh, help us in our walk, our daily walk, Lord, that um, as we study your word, Lord, and learn more about you, Lord, that we would just reflect that and, and um, just be a tool for, for you to use, Lord, um, and help us to see your plan that you may have uh, for us, Lord. Uh, we know you don't necessarily need us, Lord, but you would love to have us, Lord. And so we just thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for your love and grace. In your name we pray. Amen.